Hey, everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I want to welcome you to episode 117 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. It's going to be a fun one today. We're going to talk about physicality. Let's get physical. Physical. Uh, I think that this is an episode that people need to hear. We think that technique is all that matters, and it's not. Physicality matters so much in Jiu-Jitsu. We need to learn how to use it. We need to learn how to develop it. We need to learn how to limit other people's physicality. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to make sure you guys are aware of my email list. The Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu email list, the Suck Less email list, it really doesn't have a name. I don't have it like, it's not like the, the something newsletter or anything like that. I should do a name for the email list. You know what? Today, I'm going to send out an email asking everybody for some suggestions on names because I have some creative people that are on that email list that have some very great responses to my emails. And I think that they're going to have a good name for the email list, regardless of what we call the email list, though. I think you should be on it. What I do is I send I always aim for like three to four times a week, but it might be one time in the week. It might be 10 times in the week. I send out emails and they generally for the same thing. They're to help you get better at jujitsu. It's just a little nugget of how I'm thinking, what I'm thinking about, what I'm training, or something that inspired me, something, a video, a YouTube video that I watched that I go, oh man, everybody on the email list, they need to know about this. And the only way to get on the email list is to go to simplifyingjujitsu.com and download my free ebook, Simplifying Jujitsu. Uh, this ebook will actually only be available till the end of March. I have a new ebook coming out on April 1st. Hopefully, it's not. A, hopefully, I get it done, and so it's not an April Fool's Day thing. Um, but uh, at the very end of March, I will be discontinuing my Simplifying Jujitsu ebook, at least for right now. Um, and I have something new that I've been working on that I cannot wait to share with you guys. But to be alerted about that, again, the only way to know about it would be to get on the email list. You need to get on the email list. Simplifyingjujitsu.com. Go there, download the free ebook, Simplifying Jujitsu. You will not regret it. I promise you, you will not regret it. It will make your jujitsu better. And it's freaking free. Why wouldn't you do it? I'll see you guys on the site. Let's just jump right into the episode. Technique conquers all, right? I don't think so. I think that there is a lot of negativity in jujitsu when it comes to having physical attributes, where being strong is considered an insult in jujitsu. I think that is nuts. Uh, And I think by the end of this episode, I'm going to convince you guys of the same thing. Uh, Let's kind of start here when it comes to physical attributes. Let's start at what are physical attributes. I think a lot of times just definition is a good place to start with anything that we're talking about, because I might use terms and stuff on the podcast that maybe I use to my students all the time. And I think that they are, I think that they're terms that everybody uses in jujitsu and maybe they're not. And so um, just kind of having some good definition around physical attributes and some of the other things that we're going to talk about is probably a good place to start. So when I am talking about physical attributes, most of us understand what that means. Speed, strength, stamina, explosiveness, and we can break strength down into a few different things, right? I think, I think explosiveness is a type of strength, but then there's static strength, right? The the guys that you go with that can hold something really tight for just an ungodly amount of time, Uh, or the explosive strength, the people that you pass their guard and they bench press you off of them, right? Uh, Is that a technique or is that a strongman move? What, what is that? And I think adding this definition will be really helpful for a lot of people because we're taught to look down on things that use strength, look down on things that use speed. We're never taught to look down on things that use excessive flexibility. Um, I don't know why that is, but we never really are taught that in jujitsu. 
um, more people like to teach like to teach that it's wrong to use any strength, right? Uh, technique conquers all, don't muscle, you muscle, you're going to gas, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think if you have it, you should use it. And the reason I think this is we never tell people to not use their flexibility. Flexibility is a physical attribute, meaning not everybody has it. Some people can be much higher on the list of flexibility and some people much lower. And it can even be specific. Some people have like specific flexibility, um, you know, hip flexibility or something like that, which translates really well to jujitsu. Uh, but maybe somebody has flexible shoulders and they use that as part of their jujitsu. So uh, this is probably the best place to really explain physical attributes. This is a reference to last week's episode on the random show. We talked about having every throw available in football. And um, what that means is when they are looking, you know, the NFL draft is going to be coming up soon in American football. The NFL draft is going to be coming up soon. Something they'll talk about with all the quarterbacks that are coming out, the guys that throw the football, they will say, can this guy make every throw? And really in the NFL, when there's an NFL draft and there's 12 quarterbacks taken out of the best 12 quarterbacks in the country uh, that are coming out of college, maybe only two of them can make every throw, quote unquote. Uh, and what that means is there's a lot of different parts of the football field and you have to be able to throw the ball to all of those different parts at certain and varying speeds. And those are going to be the throws that you have to make. Uh, it does not mean a quarterback can't be great without being able to make those throws. Towards the end of Peyton Manning's career, he really couldn't throw the ball as far as some of the younger guys could, but he threw it with such touch, with such accuracy that it didn't really matter. That's how we should be thinking about jujitsu moves. Can I physically, because of my physical attributes, can I play every game? Or what games of jujitsu can't I play? And how I will explain it is like this. If I go and there is like a 275 pound and up group of guys doing jujitsu, and they ask me to teach a seminar, and I go in and I start trying to teach those guys things that only really athletic dynamic passers can do, guard passers can do, or um, I try to teach those guys uh, a type of guard that just doesn't work when you're that size. Pretty much anything but half guard, to be honest, or one of the split leg or underneath guards. You just don't see a lot of really big guys unless they're really tall, uh, be able to do that, to be able to play collar sleeve or have a, a really good collar sleeve, right? We don't see that very often. And it's because of physical attributes, right? So for those guys, they need to look at jujitsu and say, what jujitsu can I do with my physical attributes? And, uh, you know, how do I progress at it? How do I get better at it? We'll do this on the other end of the spectrum. Now, let's say a group of women and they're 120 pounds, they decide that they want to bring me in for a seminar and they, uh, which is a huge mistake. I'm going to say something highly offensive. You guys, everyone's going to leave your gym or something. Don't, don't do it. Um, but say they bring me in and I decide I am going to teach them, uh, side control pressure. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, side control pressure. This works the same, no matter what, this technique is perfect, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and try it on a guy who's 200 pounds. He's going to be able to bench press them off. Even if I give them amazing technique, they, he has a hundred pounds almost on these girls. Physicality is incredibly important in jujitsu, but that does not mean that the 120 pound girl couldn't beat the 200 pound guy if she got to the back and got a rear naked choke. It just means from that specific position where he has more access to his physical attributes. And that is really what I want to focus more of this on. We're actually going to talk about developing physical attributes towards the end of the episode. We're going to talk about using physical attributes because it's honestly, it's way harder to develop something, right? If you're weak, 
it is way harder to become strong than if you're somebody who naturally came into the gym and is just strong. Um, and we all grapple with people like that. You go with somebody on their first day and they can just get away with stuff because they are so physically strong. So when it comes to jujitsu, if we really break down what grappling is, what the goal of grappling is, um, while we're doing jujitsu, it is control. What control is, is the regulation of movement. That doesn't mean that I completely regulate your movement. Maybe uh, I have control of your armpit and it's preventing you from rolling, right? Uh, you could still bridge. You could still try to push me with your arms, but you can't roll, right? So I'm regulating your movement. I'm controlling you. So that is the purpose of jujitsu. Ideally, when we are controlling the person, we want to keep as much access to our physical attributes and give them as little access to their physical attributes as possible. So if you think about that in um, specific terms, mount is one of, in my opinion, one of the best positions in jujitsu if you know how to play it. And most people don't. Uh, but if you understand how to control somebody's hips for mount, you understand the importance of an underhook for mount, you will be able to kind of kill a lot of people from out and you will be able to put ungodly amounts of pressure on people that are stronger than you on people that are bigger than you. And honestly, most of the time, if you learn how to do it, you won't get rolled off. And, uh, that's really because I'm limiting their physical attributes. If you think about it, I'm controlling their hips. I'm sitting on top of them. I have gravity on my side. And now I have an underhook. So now I've killed their ability to roll, right? Uh, their ability to get on their side, which is really the only way to escape mount. Even on a bridge and roll, I have to be on my side at some point to be able to come up on the bridge and roll. On an elbow escape, I have to be able to get on my side. Uh, obviously, there, there are some escapes where people like throw their legs over the top and stuff or that bridge escape with the bridge and the hips. But those probably equate for like, 5% of mount escapes that you see. Almost all of it that you see is an elbow escape, right? And if I can just limit your ability to lay on your side, I limit your access to your physical attributes. If you get on your side now, now I have to deal with you pushing my knee, I have to deal with you scooting your hips away. You're way stronger from that position, right? Obviously, you're the same amount of strength regardless but there are certain positions where you feel a lot weaker, where you have less access to your strength, right? Your physical attributes. And so uh, I thought we could just kind of look at some of the common physical attributes where they really apply and how to use them. And so the first one that I think, because strength would be the easiest thing to talk about. So we'll talk about that in just a second. I think is flexibility. Something to think about when it comes to jujitsu, when we're playing bottom, we're playing guard and the person is standing. This is one of the most, um, this is one of like the, 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 I don't, I don't know how, not spectrum. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, this is one of the biggest gaps when it comes to physical attributes, when you are standing and I am either sitting or especially laying on my back. Okay. Uh, so let's just say, that it's just me and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to run as fast as I can for a hundred meters. Okay. Which is not very fast. Uh, I, I would not be going very quick. And then I decide, okay, I'm going to see if I have more access to my speed by sitting on my butt. And then I'll sit on my butt and try that same hundred meters, that same hundred meter run or sprint, whatever you want to call it. Which one do you think I'm going to go faster on? probably when I'm on my feet. Okay. Well, obviously I'm on my legs. I use my legs to run. What about if I threw a ball? What about if I threw a ball once completely flat on my back, once sitting up and then once standing up, which ball do you think is going to go further? The one where I'm standing up. Why? Because I have more access to my physical attributes. When we are standing in jujitsu, that is when we have, when we're standing, honestly, we're standing on the balls of our feet. Uh, when we're standing on our heels, we actually don't have as much access to our physical attributes as where you see people um, when they're on their heels get taken down so easily, or when we're leaning too far forward, same exact idea. But when we are uh, soles of the feet, pads of the feet, 
balls of the feet on the ground split between both legs, I have so much access to athleticism. I should use it. I'm in a position where I have access to something that you don't. There's really only one position or one attribute from guard that you have more access to than the person on top. And that's your flexibility. That's why it's very common for people who are naturally flexible to be able to grasp guard retention way quicker than somebody who isn't because guard retention is complex. But if you can just close the space by bringing your leg over your head or bring your leg over their head or bringing your leg wherever it shouldn't be and normally couldn't be, you're able to retain guard much easier. You're able to rely on a physical attribute that you have access to that the other person doesn't. Uh, And so when we are thinking about physical attributes in jujitsu, I think it is so important to not look at them negatively. Jiu-jitsu is physical. We're fighting each other. Jiu-jitsu isn't chess. We say it's like chess, but it's human chess, right? You're fighting somebody. You are grappling somebody. It's going to be physical. So use your physicality and don't let them use your theirs. That is really what jujitsu is about. So let's say um, in that same idea, I am playing guard and I know that you have more access to your physical attributes, right? Well, something that would really help me, and this is just simple, is if I controlled your legs. If I put in a daily heave hook, uh, if I put in a half guard, if I put in anything like that, the fight starts to become more technical and less about how much more athletic you are than me. If I don't, God forbid you get control of my legs. Cause remember that was my only good physical attribute that I could use was, was flexibility. Now you have control of both of my pant legs and now you're starting to run side to side. I can't run at all from this position. How can I keep up with you? You are dominating me on physical attributes from that position, right? And then if you're naturally fast, if you're naturally athletic, well, now you have 100% access to your athleticism and you have more athleticism than most people do anyway. That's the idea of using a physical attribute, right? You have more access to your strength. Now, at this point, strength starts to become, uh, you know, once you get me, once I either get you in half guard or I get you in daily heave guard, that is where technique starts to really matter more, right? Because there is less access to physical attributes. Obviously, we have to be good at when someone has access to their physical attribute, winning those fights, winning the disconnected from guard fights. If that, if there's one thing that I think I make my students spar more than any gym on the planet, it is disconnected from guard because it is one of the hardest positions to learn as the bottom person's perspective. And it's one of the most valuable and underutilized positions on top. I can run and you can't, you were sitting and I'm not. Why do I just step right in between your legs every time and then just let you start playing your guard? I need to stop doing that. I need to say, okay, if I can control the pant legs, I can create so much movement. I can pass anybody. That's how I think about it, right? I have access to my physical attributes. So let's move from guard. Let's start to think about some of the other physical attributes. And I think a fun one to think about, because this, we won't talk really technique at all, is stamina, cardio. Guys that have good cardio, girls that have good cardio are so hard to deal with. For me, that is my hardest rounds in the gym is somebody who I can beat up for five and a half of the seven minute round. And then I make one little mistake. We're back to square one and I'm dead tired and they're not. That's a physical attribute. And that's a physical attribute that not only could you rely on, but you absolutely should rely on. Not everybody has. Probably that's probably one of the least common physical attributes that I ever see in jiu-jitsu. There are a million strong people. There are a million flexible people, but people that don't get tired, there are not a million of those people. It is crazy when you roll with somebody who you can keep a strong pace against 
and they don't wear out. Uh, and this is where we talk about pacing. Uh, I've done, I did two episodes on pacing not very long ago. Uh, it's a two-part episode. I talked about the prevent and the blitz. And I'm going to assume that you pause this video right now so you can listen to those if you have not heard them, uh, because I'm going to be referencing the prevent and the blitz. And I, it would be a two-part episode for me if I was going to explain to you guys again what that is. Okay, so when, or at least in depth. So if I have good cardio, I have the ability to blitz way more than most people, especially if I understand how to create excessive distance. Meaning uh, when I'm on top trying to go past your guard really, really, really hard. And then when you start to tie me up into a guard, not playing in that guard, just focusing on getting out of that guard, just focusing on, you know, you're, you have spider hooks running backwards, running away from you, right. To, to get those grips off, or you start to get me in butterfly. You see guys that are really good at this. They call it the crawl. Um, they, you know, we always post our hand. We're about to get butterfly swept, but good guys post their hand and right before their hand gets collected. They take a step with their foot right where the hand should be. And then they just start to walk out of the position. Uh, great reference for this will be Jeff Glover, Kyotero one. If you watch Jeff Glover, he runs away from some of Kyotero's sweeps and does it really, really well. And using that, and actually I did a breakdown on that uh, one time on using, using the prevent, using which is what he did a really good job of. Uh, but let's say if he was super physically had way more physical attributes, he could have tried to just blitz more. When you do that, when you're starting to throw up blitzes and you know that you don't get tired, you don't even have to have purpose for them. The purpose is just to wear the person out, right? So meaning I, I keep referencing, I keep going back to uh, standing versus uh, open guard. And I guess the reason I'm doing that is because we can really talk about every single physical attribute from that position and neither person, um, it's considered a neutral position, but both people have different uh, access accesses to their physical attributes. And so, uh, what we're going to look at, we're going to think about with this, this time is maybe my goal isn't to pass the person's guard. I'm just going to try to tire them out because I have good cardio, okay? And so I start passing side to side. I start creating excessive distance. I create my time loops that I'm supposed to create, but I create all of these things with maybe 5% more intensity than I should. This works in two ways. One, Let's say that they raise their intensity by 5%. Let's say they're really good at matching intensity and they raise their intensity by 5%. If you do that to me and I start digging into my cardio for a long time and around, I'm going to get tired. I'm going to wear out. And I feel like I have very good cardio. It's just there are people, there are humans that have a different level of cardio. And if you're one of these people, if you notice that, that like, man, I just don't seem to get tired. You got to start using that. That's such a valuable gift. Uh, and so what you're looking at on those is painting the whole picture of the round. So what we talk about in painting the whole picture of the round is like, if I am an artist and I'm doing a painting and I have a certain amount of paint, I can't use it all right away. I have to paint the whole picture. We're going to do that each round. We're going to use our cardio and try to use it as incrementally as intelligently as possible to wear the person down and not be worn down, right? Because when it comes to strength, speed, and flexibility, even um, when it comes to the main physical attributes of jujitsu, stamina is actually involved in all of them. Strong guys aren't strong when they get tired. Even flexible people aren't near as flexible when they get tired. Fast people definitely aren't as fast when they get tired. So if I can win that stamina battle just because of my physical attributes, just because I don't get tired, that's how I should build a lot of my jujitsu. You don't have to only do that. That doesn't have to be your only game, but that should be one of your most gone to strategies. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, 
everybody gets tired, you know, like 99% of people get tired. Hey guys, it's Josh here, interrupting Josh while Josh is talking about jujitsu. And I'm gonna tell you guys something that happens to be pretty jujitsu related. So this month, uh, actually this month is almost over. So this is the last podcast that you will be hearing about this deal from me. Uh, for the month of February is my father's birthday month this year. He turned 61. We decided we were going to do a deal on his instructional. The first instructional he ever did. It is called train until 60 and beyond. What's unique about my dad is he didn't start jujitsu until he was 48 years old. He did not receive his black belt until 57. And so for most people, that are 60 year old black belts and tell you, oh, this is how you should train when you're 60. They've been a black belt for 30 years. How do they really know how to get good when you don't have any physical attributes when you're older? Well, most likely they don't, but you know who does? Is Steve McKinney. And for this month only, this ends at midnight on February 28th, we are giving 40% off of Steve's first instructional train until 60 and beyond. This is only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. If you go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash 60, the numbers 60, you can get more information uh, on this deal and on the entire instructional. There are a few videos too, uh, a few clips if you scroll to the bottom of the page from the instructional that are really, really fun and uh, also really, really good technique too that you guys will really like. Uh, so that's all I have for you guys. Oh yeah, don't forget to use the promo code OLDMAN at checkout at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash 60. Let's jump right back into the episode. So uh, let's move on from stamina. Now let's talk strength. Let's talk about explosive or static strength. The problem with most people who are explosively strong in jujitsu is they are so explosively strong that they rely on it too much. When you rely on explosive strength too much, you have to start sacrificing control. That's usually why we use explosive strength. Um, we can use it for speed, you know, for timing, it makes timing even better. If I can do it that much more powerfully, that much quicker. Um, but the real reason for explosive strength is because we need to climb two rungs on the ladder up, right? And we don't have the ability to climb them one at a time. So we say, what I lack in technique here, what I lack in this battle, the, the fight that I've lost here, I'm going to make up for with explosive strength. I'm going to try to say, you know, if we think about the positional ladder that uh, Sean Williams talks about, uh, he talks about what is it? I think it's guard, then half guard, then side control, then mount, then the back, right? And then um, then it's the opposite too, right? Because you could be the person that's on bottom in these positions. And so let's say I start to fall down in the positional ladder. It's really important, or it's really nice, not important. Uh, it's really nice if I have the natural ability to be able to go, well, I'm going to jump up three ladders with a bridge and or three rungs on this ladder with a bridge and roll. A strong guy can do that. Obviously, you can technically do that too, but we're just talking about physical attributes, right? When I'm thinking about jujitsu, I'm always thinking about it in layers. I'm thinking about it in depth, right? Uh, what I mean is if you're trying to pass my guard, I will usually try to have two or three layers that you have to overcome before you get to pass my guard. Um, and so, you know, those may be frames, they may be grips, they may be something, but I plan on always having two or three layers to keep in front of you for you to be dealing with while I'm trying to jump layers on you. When we think about jujitsu in this, these terms, it makes it a lot easier. But for a physically strong person, sometimes they can jump those three layers with one really powerful movement because it can move me six inches further away than anyone else can. And then they were able to pass. They're able to wear me out or they're able to make me belly down. And then they're able to try to climb on my back. And if they have good cardio too, well, shoot, now I'm losing this fight 
and I am uh, getting tired too. Now, what if you don't have good cardio with explosive strength? Well, that means you should use your strength very, very, very intelligently uh, and not use it. I really think this is a big thing, a big problem that most people have is you shouldn't use explosive strength in a row. I shouldn't bridge and then miss and then go, I'll just bridge again and then miss and then go, I'll just bridge again and then miss and keep doing it. Okay. Uh, I think re the rep repetition of technique is important, right? If it's something that isn't wasting my energy, I'll try the same thing like a thousand times in a row. I don't care. But if it's wasting physical energy, it's wasting my explosiveness and I don't have access to a ton of explosiveness, I've got to be smart about when I use it. And not only that, but if you, if I stand up straight and you put both hands on my shoulders and you start slowly pushing against me and I start to lean into you, I start to lean into you, I start to lean into you. And eventually we get to a point where you're pushing me as hard as I can. Most likely I'm not going to have lost my balance. Now, let's say you start pushing me with 5% and for 30 seconds, you're only pushing me with 5%. And then you go from 5% to 100%. What do you think is going to happen? I am going to fly. That's how you should use explosive strength in jiu-jitsu. It should not be something you use all the time. It should be the thing in your back pocket that you go, now it's time. So we have this joke at, uh, at my coach's gym. My coach is Kyle Watson. I need to have him on the show again because there are probably a lot of people that started listening to this show I think he hasn't probably been on for since like forever. I don't even know when the last time Kyle was on, but most likely there are a lot of people that have not ever heard Kyle. Who's a blast. I need to get him on the show. We have this joke with Kyle that uh, he can Kyle Watson out of things. And what a Kyle Watson is, is a, this feat of explosive strength that makes no sense. Uh, for example, I will at times of outweighing Kyle being, man, I'm a lot younger than you, Kyle. How much younger? I like 15 years younger than 14 years younger than Kyle. And there are times that I will cleanly hit something and I will be like almost to mount. And then Kyle will just call upon all the Kyle Watsons who lived before him and use this explosive strength to get out. And it's something he doesn't usually use, hardly ever uses. Uh, we make the joke that he gets like one a week uh, lately as his age, maybe even one, maybe even like 0.75 a week is, is all the Kyle Watsons that he's getting to store up. But when he uses it, it is one, incredibly surprising and two, almost impossible to stop because not only is he using it, he's using it with his current technique that he always uses guess what? He's going to be, you know, if he has even 50% of the access to his physical attributes from the position for, to his explosive strength, and then he uses it along with this technique and I'm using my technique and I'm not expecting him to explode. He's probably going to, he's probably going to beat me in the position or he's probably going to escape. Explosive strength is, is something you shouldn't use too much. Now, if you are static strong, if you're somebody that can hold grips forever, you should. You absolutely should be the person that is so frustrating to deal with. And you doesn't, doesn't mean you should grab grips that don't matter. Um, with all these things, with all physical attributes, we have to use them with technique, with principle, with concept, with understanding, right? Just a strong guy doesn't come into the gym and beat people, beat good people even if he's substantially stronger because they're good at limiting those physical attributes. That's all we do in jujitsu really. Now, as he starts to learn, if he can apply that same strength to the technique, that's a huge problem for us, right? That's much harder to deal with because he is so physically strong. And even when I limit his strength to whatever, 50% of his strength, 25% of his strength, he might still be stronger than me in the position. And it's or it's just more explosive than me in the position and he's able to get out. And it's really, really frustrating as a person who, if, especially if you don't have good cardio, uh, it would be, it's really tough to deal with. Those are really tough fights to deal with. 
So now how do you use static strength? This is something that I feel like I have a lot of. If I have one physical attribute, I do have, I am flexible, um, but one physical attribute that I really, really love, I use a lot is static strength. I feel like if I can keep a position for three seconds, I can keep it for 10 minutes. Um, and it is just the, uh, you know, I guess probably just how I'm built physically, uh, either that, or it came from doing jujitsu for a long time. Cause that's something that I always will notice. Cause we're going to talk about development of, uh, physical attributes is big guys or, or, or guys that have trained for a long time, black belts, guys, especially guys have been black belts for a long time. We talk about the old man strength in jujitsu. They always have it. And I, it's usually not explosive, but gosh, they are so statically strong. And um, so maybe it's just something that develops over time. But I really think if it's something that you have, you should use it. For instance, something that I do a lot is, that maybe people don't is I'm always trying to tense your grip. So if you have a sleeve grip, um, you never just get to keep that sleeve grip. If you have a sleeve grip on me, my hand is being pulled to my body. I am just trying to resist that sleeve grip, I'm trying to create tension a lot of times because I have static strength. I think that that's a technique that everyone should do. But I think when it comes to the static strength idea, you can hold it for such a long time and just sit in the position, especially if you feel like, man, I'm not gripping anything to pull my arm back. He's gripping everything, holding onto my sleeve. I'll just keep my hand here and let him waste his energy, right? Because like I said, no matter what physical attribute we're talking about, stamina kind of trumps all, right? Who's tired and who's not really seems to be the thing that matters the most, uh, especially when we, we look at it in excess. Uh, if you're really tired, you're screwed. There's just not much you can do. So crap, where was I? Let's go back to static strength. Yeah, that's where we're at, static strength. So with our static strength, we keep tension on those things to try to wear people's grips out, or we keep tension on things. So then when we release the tension, it's almost like explosive strength, right? Um, so like you're pulling on my sleeve and I'm resisting you, I'm resisting you. And then at one point, I just kind of let my arm go a little and then spin my hand to the outside of the grip. And now I can pull your sleeve towards me because I have the stronger grip. That would just be using tension, but using your static strength to do it. Somebody who is not statically strong can't do that for very long. Their arm will get tired um, before a lot of the spider guard player's arm gets tired or, or the sleeve grip player, um, their arm gets tired. It's just because static strength is a physical attribute. Now let's move from and with static strength. I want to talk more about developing it than anything. Uh, and so let's look at the last one, the last physical attribute that I think we'll talk about. And that is your, oh man, no, I won't go to that story yet. I'll go to that story in a second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go to that story in a second. So um, the last thing we'll talk about is your flexibility. Uh, and then we'll start to move into development with flexibility, because I think when it comes to having access to all the throws, like we were talking about, being able to do every jujitsu technique that there is. There is nothing that I cannot try, right? Uh, you know, I have enough flexibility. Usually that's going to be the thing that keeps you from doing certain techniques, right? Sometimes size will be, um, sometimes leg length will be, or something like that. But generally, the physical attribute that is trainable, you know, you can't be taller. It's hard to get bigger uh, naturally. So what do you, that doesn't mean it's impossible. It's just harder. Um, and so what you do with flexibility though, is it's, it's kind of something that anybody can develop. Everybody doesn't have the same propensity to be flexible. There's kind of going to be a point of diminishing returns with all flexibility. If you guys want to hear about that, my dad did a really good job just a few episodes ago. I think three episodes ago, four episodes ago, uh, discussing, uh, the point of diminishing returns and flexibility. And so we won't get into that as much, but um, just with flexibility, if you want to have a guard that is hard to, to pass, and especially if you want to play 
um, some of the longer range guards, meaning like collar sleeve, spider, things like that, you really should be flexible. Even if you are, uh, even if you have great retention, you really should be flexible in those, those positions, if you play those positions. And the reason I say that uh, is because the person is standing on their feet. And so they have so much access to physical attributes. If you could get them closer and control one of their legs, they would have less, right? Uh, and so maybe that is the idea if you are less flexible as playing more of a daily Hevo or something like that. Um, but the long distance guards, I just think you really need, you really should be flexible. Obviously positions like rubber guard, certain types of omoplatas, things like that, you need a certain level of flexibility for. Um, I've never talked about rubber guard on the show. I wonder, yeah, I've never, I've never given a hot take on, on any of the Eddie Bravo stuff. And I'm sure I have people that train under Eddie Bravo that listen to the show because we think outside the box on the show. Uh, I'll give you guys like two minute hot take on, on um, 10th planet jujitsu in my opinion. So I think there are certain things that 10th planet might do better than anybody there. They have the only warmups that I think actually are relevant for jujitsu because the warmups are just drills. They're just longer chaining drills. If you are new to jujitsu, or if you are somebody who does not know leg locks at all, you're somebody who like leg lock defense, you're somebody who really struggles with that. I would honestly start with some of the 10th planet drills. Um, some of the, there is a um, honey hold to honey stick to honey dick. Those are the names. Those are the 10 planet names. They're not, these are not my inventions, but there's a drill for that. That's really how I learned how to defend heel hooks. Uh, and it's how I learned how to honestly, it's learned how, how I learned to defend most leg locks is what I learned from that drill. So I think that when it comes to those drills, they're, they're head and shoulders better than everybody else because nobody really has good drills. Everyone else makes you shrimp up and down the mat, which is stupid. So I really like that part. Now, when it comes to creativity, I think that there's sometimes, you know, when it comes to, I guess not creativity, let's call it innovation. Because you could be creative in the ways, just in the order that you do moves or something like that, right? Or what moves you choose to do. Um, but let's say innovation, because there's always like this goal of, making rubber guard more relevant in jujitsu. Uh, you see that a lot. And you see a lot of their guys play rubber guard a lot. And um, obviously like lockdown and stuff like that. I think it, it's not smart to just play rubber guard and lockdown. I think for lockdown, you should have a very good half guard that doesn't let you without you getting underhooked. Um, I think you should have a good knee shield. You should have, or, or, or a shallow butterfly, uh, whichever you choose in those positions, but you should have something else than just lockdown and rubber guard, but as positions, they're great positions. Um, I think that I don't play any rubber guard. I play a lot more Williams guard over rubber guard. Uh, I feel better control from that position and it doesn't scare me with my knee for me to play rubber guard. I would have to play it on my bad knee side, which probably I still am very flexible, probably would never have a problem with it, but I don't love things that require me to be flexible. Right. Uh, I want to be able to, to use my flexibility in jujitsu, but I want to, it's a physical attribute. I want to use it as little as possible. And so that's kind of my hot take is, if you're a 10th planet person, I think you should make sure that you're not limiting yourself to 10th planet only jujitsu. Just like if you're any other person, you shouldn't limit yourself to any specific, even grappling in general. You should know how to wrestle. You should know judo. You should know, you should know sambo. You should know it all. Honestly, you should, or at least be inspired by all of it. You should understand all of it. Uh, I just, I think that that is probably a place that I'll differ from most people when it comes to jujitsu is I honestly don't care if you're doing jujitsu. If you grapple, 
you grapple. I think it's the same, right? Jiu-Jitsu is really at this point, Jiu-Jitsu is the rule set. Um, but yeah, I would say that I would not try to base my whole Jiu-Jitsu on the 10th planet system. But I do not think there's anything wrong with playing it, uh, playing it, playing it, right? But if you're going to play it, buy an instructional on it. The reason 10th planet or the reason rubber guard is looked down on a lot, in my opinion, is because most people just don't do it right. They literally do it from the wrong position and um, they don't worry about freeing their hip. They only care about pulling the leg in front of the face. Like that is the only part of the position that matters. It's not. If your hips are still controlled, it doesn't matter if you have rubber guard. Your hips are still controlled you need to free your hips. You need to understand how to do that. And uh, I think for most people, they just don't, they just, they see a one video on YouTube. So if you're going to play it and you're going to commit to it, play it, really learn how to get good at it. When you play in the gi, add gubber guard too. That's a really useful position. That's very similar. Um, but yeah, that's my hot tank take on 10th plan. I think I went four minutes on that hot take. And I didn't go to, that's my bad. Um, yeah, back to flexibility. Let's look just at the idea of flexibility development. Some people have the propensity to get flexible and some people just don't. And so what we are going to do is we're going to say, how flexible can you be? Well, I think when it comes to stretching, when it comes to doing yoga, I, I preferred yoga, like actually doing yoga over just stretching. Um, because the strength gain that you can get from, from yoga, uh, and just overall physical strength, especially sometimes, uh, it will expose certain physical weaknesses that you have, uh, like almost imbalances that you have and strengthening that is really, really important. And you want to get the most bang for your buck, right? So if you were just working flexibility the entire time in no type of posing or anything like that, you wouldn't get the same strength result. Uh, and so I think though, for most people, most of us that do jujitsu, whether you're stretching or you're doing yoga, I think no more than once a week for most people. Um, some people can do twice. Some people can do three times, but we already do. I assume if, you know, you do jujitsu, you're a psycho and you do too much of it, just like we all do. You already do too much physical activity. You already do too much jujitsu. Your body is beat up. And then saying, okay, now I'm going to do yoga every day and lift every day. And I'm going to do all these other things every day um, because I see certain gyms and certain schools where their best athletes do that. And I want to be like them. Well, their best athletes are on steroids. I won't rant on that. If you guys need a steroid rant, I had a really, really good one on the last episode, the random show. Uh, but let's, I won't get into the steroids today. Um, but you can't just train that much. Most people, right? There are some natural people that can, that can do yoga every day and they can lift almost every day. They can do jujitsu every day. It's nuts to see, but there are some people, right? Usually they're smaller. You, there aren't 220 pound people that are doing that. Okay. If you see somebody who's running around at 225 and then one weekend can be at 190 and then the next weekend they're at 240. They're doing yoga every day. They're lifting every day and uh, uh, they're training super hard. Most likely they're on. Um, it's just so hard on your body to be that big and to move that much. And uh, it's so hard on your joints. So just most people can't do it. Of course, there could be. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe no one's on steroids. Maybe I'm just an excuse maker. No, that's not it. Everyone's on. Uh, so... We want to make sure that we're not getting to a point of diminishing returns. A big point of diminishing returns, this is always something that I try to deter people from, and this will kind of move into developing the other physical attributes too, is weightlifting. I, my first job, my only job actually that wasn't teaching jujitsu. No, actually I, I worked as a bus boy for a day. Um, and I didn't technically work as a lifeguard, but I did the certification. Um, and then they tried to, they tried to screw me over on, uh, like what days I had said, Hey, I will work any daytime, like as much as needed 
but I won't work at nights. And they were like, oh yeah, that'll be fine. And then they give me my first schedule and it was like three nights. And I was like, hey, I'm not going to be at these because I have jujitsu. And uh, the guy's like, oh, well, you'll have to work some nights. And I don't know. I don't. And then I left. So those are my technically my first two jobs. But after that, I became a personal trainer. And uh, I was a personal trainer for six years. My dad has had a personal training business for forever, for 30 years and 30 plus years. And so uh, for me, I've been around weight training for a really long time. I think it's incredibly valuable. I think it's something that probably almost everybody should do for jujitsu or if not everybody. Um, but I think that a lot of people in the jujitsu world do it in excess. They, and, and really my biggest thing is if you're doing it in excess, if you're skipping jujitsu to lift weights, you're doing it in excess. If you have to miss jujitsu from what your normal routine would be. So if you're adding lifting and you're like, man, I'm lifting seven days a week, but I had to take my jujitsu from seven days a week down to three days a week. That would be a diminishing return. That would be a huge diminishing return because even though physical attributes are important, technique limits, physical attributes, control limits, physical attributes, you should be focused on learning technique, learning control and understanding jujitsu. Now you work out, you lift seven or you do jujitsu seven days a week. You want to keep that. Well, add one day a week first of lifting. And as long as you can keep your seven days, then add your second day, add one full body lift, then add your second day. And then you can start to split between body parts. And then you could even add a third day. You'll find if you're really lifting hard, which you should be, if you're lifting weights and you're wasting a long period of time, it should be efficient right? You should not be just hanging out. You shouldn't be uh, random with your weightlifting. You should have some type of structure, some type of routine. After three days of lifting really hard, I do not know many people that can do more than that and train more than like five days a week uh, or five days a week even, which is a lot of training. I don't know how often you guys train, but I, five days a week is quite a bit. I think the average is probably three. Now, if you train three days a week, I think you could probably get away with lifting more um, if you want. But are you getting returns on that, right? Are you lifting just to lift or are you actually getting stronger? Are you actually strengthening the weaknesses that you have, um, you know, or with yoga, with stretching, are you getting more flexible? Are you actually noticing that you are increasing, it, that it's working, right? Because uh, if it's not working, then you probably shouldn't do it. You're wasting your time. You could watch an instructional. You could cook dinner for yourself. You could hang out with your family. You could do something so much better if you didn't waste your time, right? So just like I talk about efficiency in jujitsu, your weightlifting routine, your yoga, your all training outside of jujitsu should be efficient. So then you're not wasting your time, right? If you're wasting your time, well, shoot, I'm wasting my time. You don't want to get in the habit of anything. Now let's think about uh, some other things that aren't weightlifting, that are not yoga, that are not stretching, that can help physical attributes. So this one is, is probably more important than anything I've talked about in the entire episode. Sleep. You want to help yourself physically. You want to help yourself mentally. Get enough sleep. There are, look up sleep studies, look up sleep studies for athletes, look up sleep studies for high performers, look up sleep studies for business owners, look up sleep studies for anything. There is no situation where it's not better for athletes, especially to get more sleep, to get better sleep. Even we should get somebody who's like a sleep expert. If there's any sleep expert that listens to the show. You should, even if you're not a black belt, if you're a brand new white belt, if you're a sleep expert or you work with sleep experts or you have a hookup with a sleep expert, let me know. Send me that person's contact or something like that. I think that would be a really efficient, really fun episode to do. And uh, I think that it would be helpful for people. So if we are sleeping more though, we're recovering more. If we're recovering more, guess what? 
our physical attributes will be better. Not only that, but if we're sleeping more, we're actually going to get better gains from our lifts. We're going to actually retain more knowledge from jujitsu. That's nuts. By sleeping more, by going, okay, for a lot of us, sleeping more would just be saying, I'm not going to stay up till 1130 each night. I'm going to go to bed at 10. I'm going to go to bed at 1030 even. That would that one little decision saying I'm going to have a consistent routine. I'm going to take my shower post jujitsu. I'll eat dinner. I'll relax with my family for however long. And then I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to do that every night. That's like one of the most important things that you can do for your body uh, besides steroids, of course. But that is one of the most important things that you can be doing is getting really, really good sleep and uh, getting as much of it as possible. And uh, or getting as much of it as you need, I guess, as much as you need to recover and, and really look up sleep studies. It's crazy how people, more people don't tell us how important sleep is when the studies show how important sleep is. You know, we are kind of taught, I don't know how things are in, for people that listen in the other countries, but in America, you're taught that sleep is a sign of weakness. Oh my gosh, you sleep in all day, you waste your day away or whatever, right? Uh, and it's not. It's something that you really, really need. And um, I think it's just, I think it's really important for people to understand that, that to understand that recovery is going to be one of the biggest battles for us in jiu-jitsu because we're just beating our bodies down constantly. And, uh, and, and not only that, but like the best way to recover is to sleep. Some other things, some other thoughts of physical attributes. Uh, honestly, your diet can help your physical attributes so much, um, almost as much as sleep. It, maybe in some cases more, depending on how bad your diet is. Uh, so I have, um, I've had students that have been good and like maybe just too heavy though, just too much. You just carry too much excess body fat. And they've tweaked it in like over the course of two months, nothing changed. Your training schedule didn't change three months. You know, you lose 30 pounds, 40 pounds. Their jujitsu gets significantly better. You have so much more access to physical attributes. Also, if your body's not inflamed all the time, you're going to feel better. You're going to train better. So when it comes to like weight loss. Like we all have an optimal weight that we should probably be at. I think you don't want to obsess about it too much. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to over obsess about your weight. Uh, and we probably do that a lot in jujitsu. We have a lot of obsessive people in jujitsu, but I think when it comes to your weight loss or when it comes to optimal weight, being at your optimal weight, man, it makes a difference. I just, I, I look at it for me. I, I, I've, uh, um, I think I've been fighting at an unoptimal weight for me uh, for the last bit of time. And I think it's causing me injuries. And um, then I've had some issues with just health and they've been causing more problems and it's just, it's been a battle. And so I have to like really, really be cognizant and say, okay, I know I love to eat. I know I love to just eat in excess, whatever I want. And I used to be able to do that, but I can't anymore. Yesterday was my 28th birthday. Yesterday of this episode, my birthday hasn't happened yet. So I'm not actually 20, 28 yet while I'm recording this, while you're li listening to this, I'm 28. So wish me happy birthday. Um, but uh, since, you know, since turning 27, I've had more health issues than I've ever had. It could easily be my diet. A lot of it could be my diet. A lot of it is probably that I'm not sleeping enough. And so um, those are your main two things. Are you sleeping? Are you lifting? Are you eating? Of course, you could be drinking enough water. I don't think that that's really a thing, problem that a lot of jujitsu people have, right? It gets so hot in the gym. You're wearing a gi, you're sweating so bad. I feel like we all drink quite a bit of water. Maybe you should drink more. Something that's helpful for me, this is random. Um, you get these, I think they're called non, it's N-U-U-N. Uh, it's a tablet and they have like liquid IV. They have all kinds of different stuff like that. Having some type of good electrolyte drink, especially if you train somewhere that gets hot, um, 
you know, and I know this because I train in a place that sometimes is ridiculously cold and then sometimes is ridiculously hot. And so, uh, you know, during the summertime, you have to, we are drinking so many liquid IVs or non or whatever those, the non tablets, noon, non, I don't know what it is. I wonder what the pronunciation on that is, but we're drinking so many of those because you, your body loses so much salt when you sweat and it helps replenish that. Uh, but those are just kind of some random things on physical, on helping you recover, on helping you, uh, physically kind of take care of the machine, uh, the machine being your body versus just focusing on technique and just focusing on concept and just focusing on understanding. Of course, those things are the most important, but they're not all that there is. Uh, and you know, I, 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 I think you can watch big tournaments all the time. You see so many guys that are obviously the better technician lose to a better athlete. And it's because they didn't limit the athlete's athleticism. You've got to play enough. You know, if, if I, if I'm, I guess this is where I'll sound off on it. Um, this is kind of the closing on how to look at your physical attributes to build a game. I need to hide my weaknesses, my physical weaknesses with my jujitsu. That is really what I'm trying to do when I'm building my game of jujitsu. Because if I built a game off explosiveness and speed, I'm going to suck. I'm not going to do well. I'm not super explosive. I'm not super fast, right? Comparatively to some of the guys that I'm fighting, right? So I have to build a jujitsu game to limit explosive strength and speed, right? Those things, I am statically strong. I feel comfortable if we're going to just try to see who is your, my weight class, who is stronger at holding stuff. I feel pretty good about that. I feel really good about that. But the other ones I don't, right? Or for me, I, I have access to flexibility. So I can even use my other physical attributes to hide the fact that I am not as explosive. Or I can just, like we said, play De La Hiva. I can play a guard that requires that where I can control their legs. When I'm on top, I control their legs. I control their athleticism. That is how we do jujitsu is we try to build a game and we say, how can I hide my weaknesses and use my strengths, exploit your weaknesses and limit your strengths. That is what physical attributes in jujitsu is, are physical attributes are. Yeah. How am I going to end this episode on bad grammar? Ridiculous. That's all I have for you guys though. And that is the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, that was a really fun one for me to do because it's just something new that I'm thinking about. Uh, I told you guys, I kind of referenced some of this stuff on the random show. I told you guys that I really have liked doing these random shows because then I have all my topics for the next six, eight, 10, 12 weeks that I'm going to talk about. And they're kind of laid out. And so you guys have been aware of them. Uh, so really, I, I'm going to keep pushing this. If you guys like the show, I really recommend paying attention to when, and, and you don't listen to every single episode. If you like the show, you listen to every single episode, then just keep doing that. But if you don't listen to every single episode, really look for the random shows. I think that they will have the most broad content. And then you can go, okay, now I want to hear him talk about connection. Or now I want to hear him talk about uh, prevent or blitz or something like that. But those come from the random shows, uh, or at least the, the initial idea. So, because uh, I just talk about so many different things on the podcast lately. And I assume that a good percentage of people don't listen to every episode because some of the episodes are on business stuff. Some of the episodes are on really specific jujitsu stuff. Some of the episodes are on jujitsu competition. If you're not a competitor, you're not a business owner or whatever, you may not listen to the other episodes. Totally okay. But the ones that you should not miss are definitely the random shows. If you haven't listened to the last random show, there is uh, there are probably like 10 gems in that episode. Uh, there's one thing that's going to get me canceled on it, but that's it. And uh, 
it's not too bad. Nobody's even, no one's even canceled me for it yet. It's been out for a whole week now at this point. Um, but make sure to check out the random shows. Thank you guys for listening to this episode, for listening this far into the episode. Uh, don't forget, I know you were thinking about it. You were excited about going to simplifyingjujitsu.com and getting our free ebook, Simplifying Jujitsu, which is only going to be available until the end of March. Remember, the end of March, it will not be at least available for free ever again. Uh, maybe we'll make it paid, but uh, I really think I'm going to take it off completely because the next ebook, well, not the next one, the next one after the next one is going to expand on a lot of the thoughts. And I think that uh, I'm going to reiterate a lot of things. So I think it's going to be more standalone and better. Uh, that's all I have for you guys today. Hope today's episode helps you guys. Um, I hope that helps you guys kind of understand more. Hope it helps you guys understand why you're losing in some position, because there are probably a lot of people that had those aha moments today in the episode said, oh, wow. That is why Greg beats me every time, is because he is superhuman strong. Shoot, maybe I should try to do things that prevent him from being superhuman strong, to having act from having access to that strength. Maybe I should close guard on him, right? He has way less access to his strength there. I don't even play this position a lot, but I'm just trying to limit this dude's physicality. Maybe you had that moment. Hopefully you did. If you did, let me know. Send me an email, joshsimplifyingjujitsu.com. I hope that you guys check out the simplifyingjujitsu.com slash 60 train until 60 beyond instructional. And most importantly, I hope that you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys.